sponsored by FEMA. <laughs> We were chit-chatting and we realized we have so many experiences with disasters. And a lot of our nation is under snow days today. Yeah, the climate shit has really taken a toll. Cuckoo crazy lately. Because you guys have crazy snow and we have crazy earthquakes and crazy smoke because we have fire. I feel like everywhere has their thing. Because then when I was in Miami, it would be flooding, but they would just never cancel school. I have a Honda CRV. That is one of the best cars for having to drive in floodwater besides like like that's one of the best normal people cars obviously like a fucking lifted jeep is better but you get what i'm saying like when you're looking at like regular person cars like the regular car the average is like it can drive through like 12 inches of water but a crv can do 18 and there would be multiple times that i was in 18 inches of water and then would be at work and i was like how the fuck did everyone else get here like are they just banking on everyone having a crv there would be so many days that i drove through so much water there was a tiktok yesterday where i saw somebody respond to a comment they were like i'm so sad that we don't have school today because kids need school to be like a safe place and like to get food all valid like super valid but then the creator was saying the kids need school 100 percent. but like you said we don't all have honda crvs exactly. if there's ice on the fucking road you don't want to like careen into a ditch because you're like gotta get to school like it's not safe for anybody no what if really a bus not. wrecks like hello because i saw one school district this week it said that like they had really bad snow so it was like school canceled for the kids and the teachers, but the administrators were just on a two hour delay. And I was like, y'all superintendent hates y'all. Like, <laughs> for them to single you out like that. Literally. <laughs> and like, what are you doing? What part of an administrator job has to be done in the school when no one else is there? I can't think of anything because with kid discipline stuff, you can't do that from home, but the kids aren't there. And with, like, paperwork, you can do that from home. Yeah, you can totally do it from home. I just thought that was really petty and mean. Oh, God. I can't imagine. I could never hack it as an administrator. I could never do it. Me either. So, we, you have snow days. I have lots of different types of days. In Florida, we had what should have been flood days, but what instead was, like, just go, man. It'll work out, probably. And then here, I'm not really sure what their reasoning is here, because a lot of times, it'll feel like we should not be there. It's very much precarious outside. Like, it's wet. It's icy and they're like you're good and then sometimes they're like whoa 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 today is not good wind seems to be a factor in that i don't know what that has to do with anything but it's never they never call it a snow day they always call it a winter weather day and i'm like do y'all just are you trying to cover yourself in case it doesn't snow you don't want to look bad and they're like well we never said snow day or they're like it's for ice as well yeah i think that's mainly what it is is not so much snow cold day but as ice on the roads who decides who's who cancels school the superintendent so in this county it says yes and the transportation supervisor yes that's what i just found is it's usually the district superintendent and the district's um, transportation supervisor. How does one become a transportation supervisor? And I wonder what happens when they disagree. They just duke it out. I was going to say a duel. That's a lot of pressure to just be the one person or two people that decide such a thing. So when I started reading about this in Puerto Rico, it's so freaking hot. So they're actually thinking of moving the school day. They're like, let's get these kindergartners at night school. You're starting at 6 p.m. The the funny thing about this article, aka not funny, Joshua Goodman, associate professor of education and economics at Boston University, who studies extreme heat in schools, said the ideal solution to the growing problem is air conditioning. And I was like... 
No fucking way. Get the fuck away from me. Get the fuck away from me. You have to have a PhD. You, you fucking spent 10 years and hundreds of thousands of dollars researching. And the best you could come up with is a, a toddler could come up with that. My preschoolers in my preschool classroom would point to our little window AC unit. When they were hot. They would say, eh, eh. Jay goes, ot. Ot, that's right. Yeah, you could have thought of better than air conditioning. Well, did, you, did I tell you about my first year teaching in what now I know was extremely unsafe conditions? I had no idea at the time. <laughs> Nobody framed it to me that way. I know I've told you, but honey, hey. this is mommy's podcast. <laughs> she wants a podcast so bad. So... My first year teaching, it was like literally over 100 degrees in our room. I would leave at the end of the day and there would be like a grit, a layer of grit on my face because of the sweat that was happening. Ew. I had asked and asked and asked for a window unit and then I finally sicked my parents on admin. I was like, they're not listening to me. They don't give a fuck if I'm hot. They apparently don't give a fuck if your kids are hot. So why don't you complain? And then I literally that week got three AC units for my classroom. So that is also an option. If you don't like the virtual learning days, you can be like, can you all just complain as a chorus? You need to have like a burner group chat with your parents. Message them on like Clash Dojo and be like, hey guys, here's a group me link. No one bring this up. Just needed to talk to y'all in a secure way. That's like when my, um, at my old job, as soon as like I wanted to like talk shit with someone on Slack, I'll be like, here's my number. Text me. Oh my God. When I get an email that's like, can you call me? I'm like, oh, this is going to be juicy. Oh my God. Were you in school during the snowpocalypse? Yes. The snowpocalypse of Atlanta. I distinctly remember. So actually, let's talk about that. There was a snowpocalypse in Atlanta because I grew up there. I distinctly remember my sister was having a bunch of her friends over. So I was like 11, which means they were like 16. And they took me to the store with them and they were getting so much stuff. And I was like, what's going, like, why are they getting so much stuff? And I was like, whatever, I'm just happy to be on a little adventure. Let me mind my fucking business. And then we get back to our house and it's like nine, 10 o'clock at night on a school night. So my mom is starting to be like, hey guys, like let's, let's maybe leave my house and like go to our own houses. And then it starts snowing and they were like, oh no, we are all stuck here. And then they were there for a week and a half. It was truly insane. Cause we, we had our graduation got moved. Cause that was my senior year. I remember my, my math teacher had a mental breakdown because we were, I was failing algebra one at the time. And the class of kids that I was in, they did us really dirty where they like, were like, oh, you're on a gifted track. So they put us in algebra, but we had never taken pre-algebra. So obviously that's not going to fucking shake out too well. Yeah. So like all of us were failing. And so she was freaking out because we were already behind and we were all failing. And then we were another week and a half behind. <laughs> and now like as a kid, I just remember looking at her and being like, girl, whatever. But now as a teacher, I'm like, oh my God, I would literally be throwing up. Like if I had kids that were that ill-prepared. I never even thought about that. But like, yeah, from a teacher perspective, that would have been horrid. You have tornado. You No, you're in school during tornadoes. <laughs> 
Well, it's also, tornadoes are really, really, really unpredictable. Yeah. So it's, like, very hard to know when a tornado is going to happen. So I really won't give them flack for the tornadoes because, like, Al Roker doesn't know when a tornado is going to happen. So I can't expect you to. (laughs) That's so true. I've totally forgot about tornadoes. But one thing I'm grateful we never had when I was in school, they tried to start it when I was in school. I remember my junior or senior year of high school, we had a teacher work day, and they were like, oh, it's going to be a virtual learning day for you guys. And now more and more districts are moving to if there's like a snow or winter or smoke or whatever having a virtual day instead of a school day which I have very mixed feelings about I'm curious how you feel about that I don't think I would like that personally because I didn't have a great time doing virtual learning in the first place when we were doing COVID lockdown times but I did see that because there was a district near me that recently had days that they had to stay home for whatever reason and they were on the computer and I was like in my day If you got to stay home on a snow day, you didn't have to do shit. You're not doing anything today, right? They're not doing that to you. No. No, they're not doing that to us. I think part of the reason they're not doing that to us is because not every kid has a computer. I know most elementary schoolers in my district don't get a Chromebook, so I just can't imagine that we're really set up for that. But I'm against it for like a one day, but I can see where like, so the story like of like weeks and weeks snowpocalypse, I can see that because like you said, it messed up graduate it messed up a lot of things. I think it just varies by situation, but generally speaking, I don't love it. Yeah. My district has done planned virtual days, but never like the weather. Oh, really? Like we have teacher work days that are virtual learning days. So we don't do Zoom. When we had one, I was in a different building. Usually it's like the teacher PD days are a virtual learning day, but we don't do the Zoom thing. You're just supposed to like post work for them. So I had them do a quizzes. That's smart. Yeah, I was not trying to shoot for the stars with that virtual learning day for being no, I wouldn't either. Bare minimum, bare minimum. It, it was like so much front loading for the kindergartners that I can't imagine just being like, okay, and this is the protocol if we go virtual. It just seems very unre- unrealistic, but I'm seeing more and more places do it. We had built-in days where it was like, if we had a snow day, then you will go to school on this day. If you did not have a snow day, then this day is off and is a teacher work day. Yes. Is that still a thing? That is what it was always like when I was a kid. I remember that too. But looking at my district's calendar, I don't really see that. So I don't really know what the plan is. But I guess that's for people that have a higher title than I to figure out. (laughs) Just tell me when to show up. So wait, you were in school during a really big hurricane. So I was not in school during a very big hurricane. I was in school during the threat of one, but then it moved. But what my old mentor teacher was telling me about that this sounds like my nightmare. So my old mentor teacher in Miami taught in the 80s and 90s in Miami and Hurricane Andrew happened in 1992 and it was like the worst hurricane to like ever hit Florida. Like it lasted for like a week and a half, like tons of people died. Like it was really, 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 really bad. And they were telling me that they were out of school for literally like a month and a half. And it was in August. So they like didn't even know the kids. And the State Department of Education made them like go give like mail out packets. Like they had to like make work. And like they said they couldn't remember the details of it. But they said they remember like the teachers had to come to the school. And then like the school would make copies and mail it. Like they had like something going on where they were literally delivering work to kids houses. And imagine being a teenager during a week and a half long hurricane your home has been destroyed you open your mailbox thinking it's gonna be a fema check no 
It's an Algebra 2 worksheet. Enjoy. Like- Holy shit. I, that is that is horrid. <laughs> Do you remember before COVID when we were doing packets? It was like the end times in the copier room. Were you guys doing that? Oh, no. We were not doing that. I remember. Oh, my God. I forgot about this. So at that point, my students did not have Chromebooks. Teachers could check out a Chromebook cart, and I happened to have a Chromebook cart that lived in my classroom because I taught a standardized tested course, so they had to do things on the Chromebooks. So I was supposed to take the kids to go see Hamilton that day. What? Yeah. I was supposed to take the students to see Hamilton on March 13th. No! I know. So anyway, the day before, they were like, yeah, those kids are not going to see Hamilton. And we were on a block schedule where we saw, like, we'd have, like, even days and odd days. So we come into school on March 13th, and they're like, by the way, no one's leaving this building. Second point, we're going to change our schedule, so you'll see every single class you have today. Make sure you have a way to get in touch with them. Like, if you don't have Remind set up, set that up right now. And I was like, okay, that's spooky. So I'm in first period with my students doing literally nothing because I was supposed to be at Hamilton. And then my administrator comes in and grabs the Chromebook cart and goes, I'm going to take this. And I was like, are you going to bring it back? And he goes... Mm, I'm just going to take it. Oh. And I was like, but what's going on? And he was like, nothing. Everything's fine. I just need this. Oh, and I was like, on. but wait a minute. But wh- what do you mean you need this? And he was like, "Uh, in about 10 minutes, I'm going to come over the announcements and start calling kids by their last names to come check out a Chromebook. And I was like, but I thought we keep the Chromebooks here. And he was like, yeah, we're just going to check them out to them. You never know what's going to happen. And like, this was supposed to be the Friday before spring break. And just like, no one would tell us anything. And then that evening, they were like, hey, guys, instead of spring break being one week, it'll be two weeks. That is so ominous. That's, like, scary. That reminds me of when I was in school during 9-11, and they were, like, so shady and weird about what was going on, and that just, like, upped everyone's anxiety. That's exactly – I was like, so are you giving them to the kids? Like, are we going to do work online? And they were like, we'll let you know. And he was like, make sure when you leave today, you take your laptop with you, too. And he was like, and don't leave any food in your room. I was like, you're kind of making it sound like we aren't going to be here for a while. And he was like, nothing has been announced. There's no reason to be alarmed. We're in Florida. And I was like, okay, but that's not, like, you're saying don't be alarmed, but, like, I'm feeling alarmed. So I, I remember we were making packets. And there was like four different fans in the copier room. There were two copy machines. And the fans were aimed at the copy machines. And everybody was like sweating. The leads were in the room. The IAs were like a TV show on for the kids on the rug. And they're like trying to make two weeks of work packets. The operations manager was posted up in the copy room just ready to fix whatever or extinguish the fire that was going to come when the copiers burst into flames or whatever so the thing that we kind of mentioned at the beginning of this episode is like climate change and like how many natural disasters there are right now and how schools as per usual are grappling with how to address that they have good ways and maybe not so good ways doesn't everything just fall on teachers now we got to deal with climate change like there's never infrastructure in place we should have listened to al gore but continue right You know how much I love to read about statistics and data that proves our point that we were already trying to make? You love a statistical moment, (laughs) and I love that for us. (laughs) We do. The average number of natural disasters is expected to increase by 320% over the course of the next 20 years, which is a lot of percents. Oh, that was a higher number than I expected. I didn't know they could go that high. These people keep talking about human capital, and I was like, what are you talking about? Are you talking about the workforce? I hate that terminology. 
Human capital. I didn't consent to that. When did we sign up for that? <laughs> I know. My body, my choice. Right? The way they defined it was the knowledge and skills that drive economic mobility. Whatever. But regardless of how they're defining it, they said that the loss in the value of human capital is on par with the cost of damages to buildings and other infrastructure. The thing in that sentence that got me was other infrastructure. I read it as human capital is infrastructure. Oh, like we're a part of the infrastructure? <laughs> yeah. They're like, all right, we lost $5 million in buildings, <laughs> $6 million in people, mm. $2 million in roads. I know that that's not what they meant. but it's what I felt. I felt it in my heart. <laughs> Um, they were like, well, why is this happening, economist? This man's name is Isaac M. Opper. He says, we don't know why. Is it just because you're reducing the number of school days? Or is it because of the psychological stress of suffering through this? Or is it a financial issue where something happens to your house and so you take a second job to come up with the money to fix it? So they're like, it could be any number of horrible things. Thank you for asking. Stay curious. I would imagine it's a combination. Yeah. They really said, who's to say? Who's Who to is say? to say? That's like those medical doctors that I feel like aren't real doctors on TikTok that start their video with a question and then never answer it. And you're like, why? Did, what did we learn here? Nothing. They're like, let me know in the comments what you think, you guys. If I wanted that, I could just go to WebMD and do it all by myself in my little brain and just spiral out. I'm banned from WebMD. I mean, and all of it says what we already know. It says, you know, we found that school districts affected by natural disasters have faced a range of recovery challenges, including trauma and mental health issues among students and staff, lost instructional time, staff burnout, and financial strain. Uh, so statistically, there are more natural disasters right now. I wonder if we're going to have Dust Bowl days because of the farming practices in the middle of the country. They're going to have a Dust Bowl again. I try not to think about it too much because I get stressed out when I think about it, but it is going to happen. Who do we know in Kansas? Anybody? What's the district protocol for Dust Bowl day? And if you don't have one, you got about a year and a half. You got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready for the Dust Bowl part two. Electric Boogaloo. Just uh, kidding. You sound like my old admin talking about my pseudo work folders. Don't trigger me. <laughs> The latest crisis to hit American education is climate change and natural disasters. And this is compounded all by the fact that we just had a fucking pandemic that like ruined everything. And yes, COVID is not a thing of the past. It is endemic now, meaning that we are not going to get rid of COVID. We're going to live with it. So that's the difference between pandemic and endemic. I'm not trying to be insensitive. So after a disaster, no matter what the disaster is, student test scores and attendance is affected. But also rates of college attendance. It also, the college thing makes sense. I like know a lot about Hurricane Katrina because my family took in people that like had to evacuate after Hurricane Katrina and then like stayed in touch with them for a while. The number of people that after Hurricane Katrina just got like displaced where I could totally see how that would deeply affect your college bound track because I'm envisioning like a 10th grade student who's pretty on track academically but not perfect, hasn't taken any SATs yet, but they're involved in sports. Like if nothing happened, they probably would have gotten guided that way. But because they didn't go to school for three months and then switch schools during SAT season, no one realized they hadn't taken it. And just like, I can see we're getting displaced like that, especially for a high schooler, probably would be super off track of that process. Yeah. So the CDC research shows that natural disasters disproportionately affect poor and minority communities for all of those reasons, 
but also because their schools themselves are often turned into temporary shelters. I wonder how the Icelandic kids are doing with the in Iceland it's volcanoing right now. Yes, which is so fucking scary. Fires is scary to me. I have no experience with fires. I've like driven through wildfires before, like multiple times. Ah. When I taught in Topanga, California, we would do theater camp there and it was for ages 2 to 18 and the protocol was literally you just jam as many kids as you could into your car and you drive down the mountain towards the ocean or towards the valley depending on where the fire is coming from and luckily thank god i've never had to do that but like i know that there was a day when i think it was the thomas fire that they were up there one of the guys like careened into the parking lot and was like the fire is coming like you have to leave right now and like everybody like was able to jet but like it's crazy like when you drive through a wildfire you can feel the heat through your car oh i hate everything about that immediately now fucking scary and then the smoke for like days there will be a fire like nowhere near you and you'll go outside the next day and there's just ash all over your car and you're like um i found an article do you want me to read it this is from education week the title is will schools actually ditch snow days for virtual learning the outlook is still cloudy what a kitschy title love that for you basically they're saying after covid more districts have thought about this as an option there's no conclusive data about this yet but a survey said that 39 percent of principals and district leaders said that they had converted to remote learning days instead of snow days and another 32 percent said their district was considering the change. But what I'm wondering is, isn't a lot of times when you have a weather problem, isn't there also um, like a power problem? I think so, right? And in New York City, Green Bay Schools, Wisconsin, and the Salem District in Massachusetts, they have completely scrapped snow days and are only using those virtual learning days. And other districts look like they're doing the same thing. And a big thing is says they because they want to maximize learning time. And apparently this started in 2019 in Minnesota because they had 11 snow days the year prior. See, that's what I mean. Like, that's valid. If it's, like, that big of an ongoing issue for your district, I think it's logical. Yeah, because what are you, you going to do, you know? So we asked you for some of the natural disaster experiences that you have had, and I was just shocked that we had so many. Um, somebody said that the power got turned off at the school where they worked, and the district stayed open because students could still go to the bathroom and they put those stick-on battery-powered lights in the bathrooms. It was all good, though, because the district office brought the staff bagels the next day. If you don't have power and they still make you go to school, like, be so for real. I know, and they're like, well, they can go to the bathroom. I would assume they were joking. Like, if I got that email, I'd be like, ha ha, all right, so see you the day after tomorrow. Like, I would just... Good one, you guys. Think it was satire, because I couldn't take that seriously. Crazy. <laughs> all right, you guys, I know we got no power, no lights, no Wi-Fi. But the great news is the toilet does work. So school is in session because we all know the toilet is the most critical component (laughs) of the education. It's like how the kitchen is the heart of the home. The bathroom (laughs) is the the (laughs) toilet is the brain of the school. That's hilarious. Do you want to read one of the email ones? Oh, this person has it as a recording. Oh, I love that. Hello. You asked for natural disaster stories, and I'm about to deliver natural disaster story. Although, admittedly, it's more of a minor natural disaster, but I digress. I'll take it. Uh, I want you to imagine 
you're driving to work, you know that you are going to be late for contract hours, you're squeaking in, you're barely going to make that moment when the kids are at your door. That was me roughly three weeks before winter break. I'm a first year teacher teaching combo kids, like a combo class kind of deal. <clears throat> I think I'm going to sneak in. I think I'm going to make it. I walk up into my classroom feeling good about myself. It is surrounded by my principal, the vice principal, admin, contractors, construction workers, They've ripped up my carpet. There's a smell. I don't know what's going on. Uh, there has been a massive rainstorm culminated in a mudslide, which found its way exclusively and only into my classroom. Incredible. It destroyed nearly all of my stuff. Anything that was on the floor was absolutely destroyed. Um, the school was really quick to tell me that they were not going to pay to replace any of my stuff. Uh, they proceeded to move me and my, you know, 31 combination classroom into an empty classroom that didn't have desks. It didn't have a whiteboard. It didn't have a projector. And I had to teach that way for three weeks leading up to winter break uh, with literally having the kids sit on the floor and I had to go and like buy other pencils. They wouldn't let me into my classroom and they still held me accountable for middle of year dibbles I ready. So not the I ready. It's safe to say that at the end of the year when they were asking if I was going to go back, I checked no so quickly. Uh, so yeah, that's my story. A mudslide feels poetic too. That is such bullshit. Like literal wet dirt. What's insurance for? Why wouldn't they? Do schools have insurance? They should, right? I don't... Like I wonder, like is it like property insurance? Like I wonder what kind of insurance that is. Because if I was an insurance company, I would not want a school because they are very high risk. A lot of bad stuff could happen. I just can't imagine just being like, like we're not going to pay for anything. And the fact that three, three weeks? weeks on the floor, three weeks. That is a long time. There was one time at my old school that my AC broke. Well, not mine, like the whole building AC broke. So they moved me into a classroom like that. Like it was literally just a random room that was being used for nothing and it had nothing in it. Looking back, I don't know why I did this. This was my first year. If this happened to me today, I would have been like, yeah, man, we'll just pick this back up tomorrow and just like let them do nothing. But because it was my first year and I was trying very hard, I made my class, there was only 12 kids in that class, sit in a circle on the floor with me around my MacBook and do our whole group PowerPoint lesson from my MacBook. Oh my God. We well, gotta do what you gotta do. They did it. Looking back, if I was them, I would not have done that. <laughs> well, they, they don't have a choice. <sighs> Let's read this lovely email. Okay. So when I was at work, we got a mandatory evacuation alert for the area where I lived. I called the office and told them I had to have someone cover my class because I had to go. I raced home, had to dodge CHP, I guess California Highway Patrol. I had to dodge roadblocks, got my dogs, and came back to school so I wouldn't lose a full sick day. They only charge us with half a day if we come back. Ultimately, the fire got put out with limited structural damage, and my home and my neighbors were all okay. Students were given a smoke day for the next day, but staff still had to report because, quote, adults handle smoke better. Uh, I also need to know, did you bring your dogs to school? And what was that reaction like? Because that sounds like the best day ever. Like, imagine your teacher bringing their dogs. That would be very fun. This person says that their district had a coyote policy there in Arizona, and it was basically a lockdown procedure slash shelter in place in the event of a wild animal on campus. It was used twice while I was there, once for a rattlesnake and once for a wandering coyote. And no, I wasn't in the boonies, just a normal suburban area. Lol. That's hilarious. We had all kinds of weird, random policies like that. There were some teachers that wouldn't explain what an actual 
actual lockdown drill was like usually for, they would say it's for a wild animal on campus because it's like the same thing. As to not scare the children. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, But we also had one for um, chemical warfare. Honestly, like this is the doomsday prepper in me, but good. I'm glad you had that. I want one. I'm going to email my principal right now. In the 2021-2022 school year, we had our second lockdown drill of the year was for the biohazard thing. And they were like, you don't have to lock your doors. And I was like, why wouldn't we lock our doors for a lockdown drill? And I'm like, oh, no, no. The lock won't help you. So don't even bother. Yeah. They're like, this isn't, you can't keep it out with a lock. It was the weirdest thing. I have had a, when I was in Pennsylvania and university, we had a bear come into the gym. Stop. He just wanted to get his fitness on. What do you even do? It was a lockdown. No, but I mean, like, how'd you get it out? Like, who do you call for that? I think the game commissioner. Himself. He comes. Do you want to do another email? Yeah. The subject line of their email was, I had to lie to parents about a gas leak. So last week, a windstorm caused a gas leak in our elementary building. We heard about it an hour before dismissal. Admin decided to cancel all after-school activities, but not to evacuate or dismiss early. That's weird. We were told when messaging parents to only say, due to unforeseen circumstances. I thought we could at least all go outside for the remainder of the day, but we were told to stick to our register regular schedule pretty sketchy if you ask me and she said receipts attached i don't get that like what's the big deal of just saying like what's actually going on i guess they don't want people to like freak out but like i would freak out more if you lied because why are you lying yeah that's what's super shady to me maybe they didn't want like chaos like everyone rushing to the school but still and i hate that you had to like lie about it unforeseen circumstances if i was a parent i would literally reply and be like what happened lol of course I'm nosy though. You will not believe what I just did. What'd you do? I just deleted all of my message requests. I dropped my phone and I swiped and I caught my phone and I tapped and I deleted <gasps> every single message request that I have. Oh, well. They weren't meant to be. But I did, the one that I had open was somebody who um, they taught in a really cold place and they said that the policy was if you were outside for 15 minutes and could get frostbite that that was when they called it for a snow or ice day so if you could live for 15 minutes we're good in the cold who tests that does the principal go outside and set a timer (laughs) like who tests that like i don't know i just think that's such like a dwight Schrute like answer that really is like well, the children are only outside for 11 minutes. Frostbite does not kick in until minute 16. Yeah, exactly. Um, I work at a private school, and honestly, I'm not even sure. What? <laughs> Mood. <laughs> I live in Austin, Texas, and as you know, there's been some crazy fluctuating... Oh, they don't know about their policy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I live in Austin, Texas, and as you know, there's been some crazy fluctuating weather here this week. On Monday, Dr. King's birthday, no less, they told us to go through this whole process to set up our Zoom accounts, which naturally made me think we were having a Zoom day. Prepped slides and everything ready to go, sent info to parents. Admin comes back asking why I think we're going on Zoom tomorrow, and they possibly won't have an answer of whether or not we will until midnight. As Fraz says, any hoozles. Do I really say that that often? I don't think it's that you say it that often. It's that you're the only person I've heard say that. You know what I mean? Like, I think you've only said it a couple times. I caught myself saying it the other day. I hate being perceived. I said, would you look at that language, osmosis? They email at 6 p.m. 
saying they're doing a two-hour delayed start, as if the two-degree difference between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. would even make any difference. Only half of my class showed up. Love you, bye. The two-hour delay always <laughs> makes me chuckle. Yeah, I forgot about those. Oh, we do those a lot. Well, we don't, but districts near mine do, and everyone's always like, why are we not doing the two-hour delay? But I'm like, like they said, it literally barely makes a difference. Yeah, it's so true. And it just fucks up your schedule. Yeah, it's just a pain in the ass. So we had school canceled in the recent past because of weather, and I was like telling kids how like like I had already told them how happy I was and then they were telling me how all their other teachers were so sad and I was like oh yeah sad we're sad for sure so sad. Mm-hmm. I was like I actually cried uh I was joking I just didn't want you guys to worry about me I'm just really sensitive all right do you want me to read an email yeah okay Hi, ladies. This was one of those days where I look back and I'm so happy I got out. Here we go. I worked at a school that was a bit run down in a more suburban area, so they would kind of pick and choose what they spent money on. The school I was at was known for having issues like asbestos, deep cracks in the wall, mice, and the pipes freezing. Last February, over a weekend, the the pipes burst, which caused flooding in the third grade wing and the second grade wing and some of the first grade classrooms, like inches of water sitting on the floor over a weekend. That's really bad. The district decided to keep kids home for that Monday, and they had all staff report to the high school for a meeting. We all met in one of the high school rooms where our principal, assistant superintendent, and all the staff were. I remember everyone feeling uneasy about what their rooms looked like and just the chaos of it all, and I saw our principal go over to the art teacher. This will be important later. They start off the meeting by saying how fortunate we are, and we're so lucky the damage is minimal, yet they haven't seen it. Yada, yada, yada. They say that the teachers who had rooms affected would be able to teach in alternate locations like the gym and music room, and those would be shared with all the classes. They were told that someone would cover their classes so they would be able to clean up the damage. That is insane. They said all their things would be replaced, so they had to keep a well-organized spreadsheet and take inventory of everything that was damaged. After all of this, our principal ends the meeting by sharing that the art teacher was in a car accident over the weekend, and that time is precious, and we should all feel lucky that the, dam is, the damage is manageable. Like, are you kidding? Why are you sharing her personal information to try and make everyone feel bad? Oh, that would make me so uncomfortable on either end of that. Then they tell us after this whole meeting, we can report back to the school. You're kidding, right? Like, we're all about to go into the building that's been sitting under inches of water for the whole weekend. It smelled disgusting in the hall. I'm sure you can imagine the asbestos tiles covering the nasty carpet that's older than I am just sitting in inches of water over the weekend. The teachers whose classrooms were affected couldn't get into their rooms until 2 p.m. that day. Then they were expected to just go in and take inventory of all the damaged goods and clean it up. They had no extra assistance, and the next day, nobody could cover their classes, and they were expected to teach in alternate locations and just make it work. They ended up spending so much of their time outside of school cleaning everything up and taking inventory. I felt like this was definitely some sort of health concern or violation, but nobody addressed that when we had the big group meeting and no one answered any of the questions. The superintendent and principal just kind of scooted around and said, we don't know, we're just taking precautions. Oh, but the principal brought two dozen donuts from Duncan for the whole building to share. This also came from her principal budget, so she didn't even purchase the donuts and there weren't enough for everyone to have a donut so they cut them into quarters and p.s just asked an old co-worker and all the items have still not been replaced almost a year later don't fuck with my donuts the quarter donut 
is insulting. I can't even imagine the rage I would feel in my soul. If I can't have some of the food that's there, something happens in me. I'm very particular. I'm unfortunately a psychopath. So what I would do if my admin cut donuts into quarters is I would Uber Eats enough donuts for the whole building. I don't care if it puts me in credit card debt. I'm doing it for the plot. Absolutely because you do not fuck with my food. Like, I know people say, like, you don't fuck with money. Like, yeah, of course, of course. Like, I love money as much as the next person. But what would make me, like, the day that I talked about where they threw our lunches away and then kindergarten lunch didn't get, that they, like, were like, oh, we'll order food. And then it came, like, super, super late. That was, like, the worst day of my life. I feel like everyone has certain things that if they get fucked with, they just, like, freak the fuck out. Mine is, like, my Google Drive or any digital organization of any kind. Everyone at my school gets mad at me because whenever we have to share online resources, I always upload an uneditable PDF. I respect that. And I'm like, you're literally, you're not going to ruin what I've made. No, absolutely. And I also do the thing where if I share a Google Doc with somebody, I edit it so it forces them to make a copy of it and everyone gets really offended at it. That feature is actually amazing. I wish that everybody did that. Anything that says, like, make a copy, you should you could force it. I wish that it was, like, an auto feature. I don't like that you have to manually go in and, like, delete letters from the URL. I wish there was just a button for that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, no. I digress. We have notes for Google. Mr. Google, if you're Mr. listening. Google. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of T- Teacher Quit Talk about disasters. FEMA didn't actually sponsor this, by the way. We lied no, in the beginning. Your your taxpayer dollars are not going to this podcast, unfortunately. They should be, but they're not. Call your reps. <laughs> we should have a script. You know when you they send out the emails where all you have to do is click it and the email is like done for you? Yeah, we're going to get a spot on five calls. <laughs> and then if you send us a screenshot that you called your reps, we'll uh, give you a quarter of a donut we will break into your house and tenderly kiss your forehead as you fall asleep it's a little a little forehead kiss just to say thanks but you have to wash your face before we're in there with alcohol swabs like swabbing the (laughs) like the ones that they have at like urgent care before you get a vaccine yeah well thanks everybody for joining us we hope a natural disaster does not happen to you and if it does tell us about it bye bye